They said I miss you I ripped it up and flushed with the tissue Try to forget you I ain't got nothing against you We human, we all got issues But I'm tired of being tired of being tired That part of me didn't die I see it then I don't act like I'm blind I'm confident it won't be one of mine No emotions come in line So I tell the truth all the time Ain't got no sympathy for no bitch I admit that I'm rich and I'm lit Jumping up on stages I get 200 occasions But hey, really fuck the game Or we make niggas shut they trap down This is Recorded Podcast Another day, another podcast I'm here with another podcaster himself. Uh, it ain't too many of us uh, independent ones that ain't um, with a company already or wasn't a rapper already or didn't have a previous career. It's a, it's a lot of them out there, but it ain't too many that I know personally that really getting it out the mud with no nothing, just going into the podcast game. And um, um, this is my godmother's child. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to... My godmother, Andrea, man, and her husband, the whole family, the squad, man. But nonetheless, get into it, youngster. Gangster, let's see. What's your name? Sure, you call me Saquon. Most people know me as Saquon. I go by Slugger. My Instagram is so Slugger. So, shit, call me Quan right now. I'm with that. Peace. Yes. So, how are you holding up in everything going on? Life changed since late March. How is it man. going for you? To be honest with you, I'm great right now. I mean, life has been a roller coaster. You know, I was supposed to get married in April, so COVID pushed that back, and then we moved it to August, and that kind of went from a big wedding to now it's kind of elopement style. It's just me and her. So, you know, I kind of took a hit there. But other than that, you know, I'm happy. At the end of the day, the wedding is for me and her, you know. Yeah. Kind of make sure we happy. I'm glad you said that because, like, I think with a wedding, I think it's, like, a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful ceremony, and I definitely agree with it. But I also agree with people that feel like, you know, I don't really need a ring. I don't need a piece of paper. I don't need none of that. I just need the love. And I think it can be real. I mean, I think I hate when people, like, yo, well, you know what I'm saying, my mom and all these people got divorced, so I ain't trying to get married. You know, I think that's fucking stupid because everybody's their own person. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Everybody's their own man, so a woman, so it's like that's bullshit. But I do believe that it could be 100% love with some people that don't have nothing. You know, like you saying, yeah. y'all love is still good, even though hey, it's just us. Like y'all could go to the courthouse, get a piece of paper, and if you choose to, and everything pop back up, y'all can go and have a celebration. I think the wedding is more of a celebration than anything yeah. else, a ceremony and a celebration. You know, I really want to jump the broom. I'm thinking about doing that because I've been married for seven years now. But I'm thinking about jumping the broom because we ain't do that. And that was like something, you know, like slaves did and stuff like that. And I really mm-hmm. want to do that because it shows like the back then they didn't have none of that. They they really, you know what I'm saying? They just kind of, hey, yo, uh, six o'clock after we done in the fucking fields working and slaving. Hey, we're going to have a wedding for these people right here. And people come and celebrate and they gather up what they could and they jump the broom. And that's the simplistic way of getting married. And I think, you know, we all, because believe me, I didn't, a lot of people went to my wedding and I do not talk to at all. <laughs> we spent money, our in-laws it's, spent money. And it's just like, damn, like we could have just did this on our own. Yo, yo, I, I feel like um, after planning everything, and going through the ups and downs, that's exactly how I feel. 
you know, and, and I think about how much was spent, and I'm like, uh, I, you know, I wish I could take it back a little bit, but it's whatever. I think um, what I do believe is that since I planned the whole thing and we moved everything to next year, like we're still going to get married this year, but we're going to have the celebration next year. I believe with – this is what I'm saying. COVID was a blessing, bro. This kind of pushed everything into perspective for us because all those people that kind of, you know, was wasteless, you know what I'm saying, Wait, you know, wasting our time, we get to kind of redo it, you know. We get to try to find new people. So that's kind of how I look at it. Like you said, the celebration is for everybody else. I really thought. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely cool and, you know, it's amazing that if you have people in your life that's real supportive and that's always going to be there and, you know, they're going to keep up with y'all as y'all grow and check mm-hmm. in on y'all and make sure y'all good. Especially now, if we keeping it a stack, if people ain't checked up on you in this time between, like, end of March till now, if you ain't really get that call from somebody or somebody didn't check up on you, I'm going to keep it real with you. They don't really give a fuck about you. Because it's like, yo, it's like they don't, like, the world is going to shit and you haven't heard from certain people. It's kind of like, damn, like. You got to put it in. Look, look, look. Let me tell you. I had somebody in my life. um, I mean, I knew this person for years, bro. Years. I'm not really sure whatever the case may have been, whatever, but I ain't heard from them since March. Yeah. I know they good. I know they good, but I, you know. Like I tell my girl, you know, you just take it, you know, you just take it in, just note it, and, you know, you move forward. Yeah, I mean, life is definitely full of lessons, you know what I'm saying? It's just Mm -hmm. full of, like... You know, I, I like to move, like, my wife is like, yo, you too forgiving. Like, people do you dirty, and you just like, you know, I, but I will feel like, yo, I just move with peace. I understand what it is, and I like I love you from a distance, because it's like, bro, like, at real pivotal times in my life, you weren't there. And I get it, like, and I know you were fine. You know, some people, you know what I'm saying, mental health is definitely a thing, and some people are really going through it, and they might be suicidal like depression whatever but a lot of people we see on social media daily and ain't shit wrong with them they just out there living it up and they not worried about you and when we got married what they said is for people that choose to get married in the future too they said when it come down to inviting people you could write invite people you like but realistically if you haven't talked to these people in a year you probably shouldn't invite them because that's their birthday your birthday, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, all these different opportunities to say hello to each other. <laughs> we have social media every day, and y'all never interacted. Now, I definitely invited people, and I mean, I'm this is recorded, so I keep it a stack. Like, me and you didn't even speak for real, and I got the invitation. I'm very thankful for that, but it's just like, for people, it's like, yo, I could have been one person. You could have been like, nah, like, I don't really talk to them like that. But that's the decision yeah. you, you got to make. You know what I'm saying? When when it comes to wedding time, you got to make that decision. So you learn a lot when it's time to get married. You learn a yeah, lot. Yeah, but let's – we could keep it a stack. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Look, if pe- people know me, I'm a real – I'm a real militant. So everybody ain't up in my circle like that. You know what I'm saying? Um – I go about, and that's why you got invited. You understand what I'm saying? It's a lot of people that I think wanted to be invited to that to our wedding that just didn't. You know, it was people that 
you know, we don't necessarily talk to too that got invited, but we go over vibes. So and that's something that's something for me and my lady. Um the people that we invited at the end of the day from that time that we did invite them, yeah, we we might not have talking for a while because, like, for me and you, let's say last time we actually physically talked, we were kids. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So there's a lot of growth in between that. And with the growth, we had to break the ice because ever since then, we'll still hit, some, hit each other up or whatever, uh, comment on a post or whatever the case may be, just say, you know, hope all is well or whatever the case may be. So, um it kind of broke the ice for us to kind of put that there. And that's what it's been. Um, that's what I've actually seen is those people that we did reach out to that we didn't talk to like that. Um, they kind of, they kind of been coming around and the people that we just automatically thought that was going to be down for everything. They showed some different colors. And that's the man. That's the beauty of life, man. It's just like a learning lesson. And you really, really got to go off vibes because your own brother, your own sister could not talk to you like a stranger you meet tomorrow. And then y'all be best of people and friends for the next 30 years. Because like, like you said, me and you, we love podcasts. You have your own podcast, the Power Trip podcast available on Spotify. Go check that out. Definitely. But, uh, you know, we um like Earn Your Leisure uh, before we got started, we was talking about the Combat Jack show, Tax Stone. Like, we had so many things in common, but like you said, we were kids. Like, so it's like, I mean, I can't really hold that against somebody if I just feel like <laughs> the vibes is right. But, man, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you and your wife being a real one and inviting me, you know, and my wife, man. But I wanted to actually tell us a little bit about your podcast. So, the Power Trip podcast, basically... It's literally all about power trips. Uh, recently, we released a podcast about communication. Um, the finance one that you mentioned earlier was about um, budgeting. And we also did one about bank accounts. So within those things, what you'll find is these power struggles, you know, um, in communication. You had these power struggles with your, with your spouse or Sure, joint bank account, all that. Budgeting for the family, all of that. You always find these little power struggles. And um, that's kind of what we made the Power Trip podcast about, to talk about things, to kind of smoothen those things out because we want people within our culture to be able to hear, uh, what's the right word? We want them to hear raw experiences, you know, to know that, they're not the only ones going through things, but it can be fixed. We can be better people past that, you know? And you don't got to leave somebody for that. You know, like you think about the divorce rate being high and things like that. You don't got to leave somebody for these issues sometimes. It's just you got to work through it, you know? So that's kind of really what that podcast is about. And it's not just for a relationship. I mean, it is for relationships, but it's just not for your partner. It could be down to communication with your siblings. It could be the communication with the boss or anybody. Man, I mean, just listening um, to one of them, the latest one, you know, I like the 60, 30, 20 plan. I think I like that one. I think I might try that one out, but I know the one y'all like uh, when you know where all your money is going. I think that's a good one as well. When you know all your money. Yeah, zero going. Base budget. yeah so I would encourage everybody to listen to that Power Trip podcast, man, and just really get into it. So you live in Arizona. How is it? You're, now, you're originally from Brooklyn, 
I know you're from New York, but are you originally from Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, originally from Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Bad style, to be exact. Bad style, do or die, man. But how is it, live? first of all, how'd you end up in Arizona? And how is it being a black man in Arizona? <laughs> So, before I came to Arizona, I wasn't in Brooklyn. I was actually in Richmond. He was in Richmond, Virginia. Um, so, I got to Arizona based on basically just wanting to try something new. I have a lot of family, you know, up and down the East Coast. So, I, all I did was travel up and down the East Coast growing up, you know. Um, and not to say everyone's the same, but, you know, we black people. You know, so I, I really did want to step out of it to see what's going on out here. Um, that's how I came out here. Um, I I like it. You know, it's like a bittersweet type thing. Um, in the beginning, everything was peachy. It felt like a vacation, <laughs> like for a good two, three years. But um, now, as a black man, I want to be back on the East around more of my people. Yeah. Um. Not that I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I experienced racism like that. You know, um, I believe that there's an undercurrent of racism here. Um, you know, where people are nice to you, but you don't, you know, you don't know what's up with the back of the, in the back of their mind. But at the end of the day, I like to, I want to go back home. I want to be back around black people who feel more comfortable, you know. And for my future, um, you know, after this wedding, you know, we want to have kids. And I want my kids to experience what I experienced, you know, being raised around us. Yeah, I mean, I think Atlanta, man, I mean, I lived all over. I was born in New York, then I went to Virginia like yourself. I think that's what got your mom to probably come to Virginia, being best friends with my mom. So then uh, from there, I lived in New Jersey with my dad for a year, moved back to Virginia, then moved out of Virginia, then went to California all the way from seventh grade to the end of high school. Then I ended up in Atlanta. And here in Atlanta, I don't think I'm ever going nowhere. You can never say never, but this is like the black mecca for real. It's nothing you've ever heard probably about black people and the empowerment and the positivity that's, man, like Atlanta. Like Atlanta, I heard Charlotte, you know, we talked before, I heard Charlotte it's cool and stuff like that too. It's really up and coming, but I'm, Atlanta is just the mecca. Atlanta is just really like, you know, you see black people. I used to ride around like the crazy thing. First of all, in California, I didn't see that many trees, so I was like, "Yo, trees are crazy." There's some weird, some weird shit. Like I was in jail. Like, yo, trees are crazy. <laughs> like, yo, I see a lot of trees. These are wild. But that's no, that's first thing. But then after that, I was like, yo. I used to ride around. My mom lived in like this little town called Rex, but it's next to Ellenwood for people that know Georgia. And it's just like, I was like, yo, like these are some big houses. And I'm like, all I see is black people coming out of these big houses. And on the side of a truck or something like that, they have a landscaping business, electrician business, beauty business, all these different businesses. Wow. And then you go downtown and you see like black people thriving. You see black mayors. You see been a black mayor i think since the 70s or something like that you just see like i go to camp kirk studios like a black studio that a, a guy runs and it's just like he worked with all these different hip-hop artists it's around it's across the street from magic city mm -hmm. 
a, a historic uh black owned you know uh strip club out here it's just yeah. like you know it's just black on top of black on top of black and for the most part it's Atlanta really helps each other and they really of course it'll be hate out there but I don't really experience much hate all I really experience is love from like other black creatives and black business it's just like yo it's like everything black that you could imagine and as you see right now in hip-hop everybody want to be Atlanta like it's just like yo Atlanta and they don't really I was listening to T.I. podcast and it was he was mm-hmm. saying that like see the thing about Atlanta is when we in the city we handle that shit in the city we don't break out and you know what I'm saying like when we go to New York we talk shit about the, this person on the radio or that person on the radio but when we in the city when I see you I'm gonna see you and that's how they kept uh-huh. it. And that's how New York fell off because it was like 50 Cent, Ja Rule, Dipset versus Jay-Z, this person versus this person. Everybody Too say, yeah, everybody say anything that's not from New York is whack. East versus West. Like Atlanta is like on some real live street shit for real. Like in the streets, yeah. I keep it in the streets. But outside of this, like even... Rest in peace to young boy Marlo, little baby friend that got killed. It's like nobody, that's some Atlanta shit that people in Atlanta probably know about. But us as outsiders, mm-hmm. none of us know what happened with that situation on the outside. See, no. and that's what I say. You know, I guess to turn this thing, yeah, somebody getting shot up and everything like that. It is street shit. But, um, you know, what it is, it's also handling things like a man. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's willing to, it, you know, confront you in person, you know, rather than going up here on the radio or putting everything, all these threats in these songs or whatever, you know, people willing to confront you as a man. And that's kind of, I think, I think that's more respected in my eyes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you don't want, you know, the, the crime, you don't want, you know, another brother getting killed because they ain't have an opportunity because they raised in fucked up situation and re- leads them to street life. You don't want that. But you know that's what happens. When you're in the streets, the yeah. streets happen. We understand that. Even though it's very unfortunate and we hate that. And hopefully, you know, like we also was talking about, we should have been recording the whole time when we was talking about, you know, it's just like, you know, like we just got to, like, mm-hmm. build each other up and just like, yo, we can't we can't really do that. But, you know, man, Atlanta, we do. Atlanta is just, is it, man. Atlanta is we- definitely it. Atlanta is it, and I mean, man, I we did premarital counseling, and um, my counselor, he has a white wife, and he said he grew up in Arizona, and he stepped off the plane in Atlanta, and he said he looked at his wife and he said, "I'm home." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said he said he didn't know what it was. He could feel it. You know, he say, I could just feel it there. You know, this a guy that don't really listen to hip-hop and anything. You know when you get off in that airplane, that's exactly what they're playing in the airport. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you when know? you get up, like, when you take the, uh, I had a friend that was just here. He was shooting a 112 video, and I got to take some pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out, uh, please check out that AUG 4th Photography, A-U-G-4-T-H Photography on Instagram, August 4th Photography.com. I got some pictures of Slim from 112, legendary group. So my boy came here, and he was uh, coming off the elevator. And you see pictures of Keisha Lance Bottoms, black. Little John, black from Atlanta. Usher, 
Killer Mike. You see all these, as soon as you coming up the escalator, you can't even get your bags yet. All you see is black, 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 everything. And it's just like, it's it's a welcoming feeling because living in California, it's like, I mean, you see a little black spots here and there. But like, it's like, mm, for the most part, if it ain't in the hood, it ain't like an all black spot. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, uh, I think it's, think it's on fairfax i think in california they got a lot of like hip-hop related shit but it ain't in the hood it ain't none of that it ain't nothing and then even when me and my wife when we go travel it's like bro it's so like white a little bit it ain't too many black spots because this is all we know even though we just feel like you're accepted yeah it's just it's like when we go we went to denver we went to new york we went to california but it's like it ain't too many like real black spots unless we in the hood. Like it has to be mm-hmm. only in the hood. People are only doing good because it's like nobody don't want to put a business there. But when we was there, like in New York, I took her to Fordham Road in the Bronx. Like and then, man, my mentor, man, uh, Mr. Richard, like he drove us around in a cab to every borough. So we seen the Apollo, we seen all these things, but all of that is gentrified. White people is around it. Like, oh, everywhere. Like, it's around. And then when we went to California, it was like, we couldn't really find too much stuff that was all black. Yeah, you'll have an event, a hip-hop event, or a black event here and there, but far as, like, feeling like, yo, this is black, the only way you feel it, we was in the hood. And then, like, for us, we, like, we going for what we know. I took her to the Slauson Swap Meet. I took her to see, uh, Nipsey Hustle store. That was like my main thing while we was there. It was like we have to go to the marathon store. We have to go. And I think this was in 2018 when we went. Mm-hmm. No. Was it 2018? No, it was 2019. Because the reason why I know, unfortunately, is um because we went to the marathon store. We actually seen Nipsey Hustle there. It was like, whoa. So I just was like, <laughs> I went to go buy something. And they were shooting a um, commercial or video. He was always working on something, so who knows what they was doing there. But I went there, and, you know, I bought something. I bought a pen, and I bought something else, like, a, something else, like cheap, because it, like, it was pricey. You know, it was like, I can't yeah. really afford it. I've never been into buying all the Jordans and stuff like that, too. So it was like, yo, I'm not, I, can't, I don't really spend, like, $60 on a shirt, whatever, whatever, but I want to buy something. Yeah. I want to buy something, so I bought a pen and a lighter, just little things just to say I was here and show support that, hey, man, I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I just want to support. Like, so I just bought stuff like that, and I just, you know, everybody was really nice. It was all love. I was treated. The customer service was great, and on the way out, like, a dude, little hood dude that was outside promoting the store was like, yo, that's Nipsey Carr right there. I was like, nah, bruh, nah. I was like, he was like, nah, for real. Go stand over there. He gonna hop out. I was like, what? Dog, he hops out tall as shit. Like, tall, tall, like, really tall, like an athlete for real, man. And, he, you know, he was going to do work. So, he was like, yo, what up? Gave me a pound and went in to shoot his video. And I was like, that was in January. And, unfortunately, he transitioned in March, so it was just like, fuck, it was like, but it was also like, it was a sign, like, for me to, like, keep going, you know what I'm saying, like, I live off the marathon, like, that's how I base my life, 
that's it. I can't wait to get a marathon tattoo for real because it means something. It means like really like life is a marathon. This shit don't come just fast and you get it quick. Like life is really a marathon. And like that experience for me was like great. And it was like that's a part of me just wanting to support my people and support black mm-hmm. and keep going. And then after that, we went to, um, man, my favorite show, black show and like, one of the most creative things ever, insecure, man. We went to the Dunes, the old apartment complex on the show. We went there and took some pictures, man. So that was cool. But just basically, I took the long way to say, like, yo, it's it ain't too much black like Atlanta. It's probably non-comparable, period. You can't really compare it to anything else. Like, Atlanta is just it. So come on home, man. Come on to Atlanta, man. Nah, I hear that. We might be doing that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so crazy, too, because I also heard that um, when you go to Africa, you get that same sense. I heard that, too. I heard, like, when you go to a certain part of Africa, it just feels homey. I guess, like, Atlanta, and I can't wait to get that feeling as well, like, to really go. And they said, like, we get our dance moves and stuff like that, like certain people that dance mm-hmm. or charismatic or something like that. We from different music. tribes. Yeah, yeah. All of music still come from there. Yeah, you know how some black people can dance, some can't like that. They said depending <laughs> on depending on your tribe, that's part of your heritage. It's like these this tribe known for dancing. This tribe is known for smarts. This tribe is known for just different things. So it's like I can't mm-hmm. wait to get to Africa, man. And, and it's like we only see the bullshit parts of like Africa and the sad stories and stuff. Man, there's some really nice beaches and businesses oh, yeah. and all of that, man. So we need to debunk that whole like, you know, Africa. Why would I want to go there? Like, no. Nah. Yeah, that's don't let America fool you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what that is. Don't let America fool you. Um, I believe that is some very nice parts of Africa. You know that people just need to go ahead and just try to explore and see what's up. Yeah, and we just got to educate ourselves on, like, where to go. Like, you don't go anywhere, and you be like, oh, well, I'll just figure it out when I get there. I mean, some people do, mm-hmm. but if, like, I, for me, I know, um, I remember Sierra and Russell um, Wilson, they did, like, the In My Feelings Challenge. Well, she really did it, because he was like, I ain't doing all that dancing. But uh, <laughs> she did it, and she I think they was in, like, Cape Town or somewhere. I don't know where they were, but they were over a mountain overlooking a beach just parked and i was like whoa like they on top of the mountain but you see the beach in the city in the background and i'm like yo that's where i want to go so whenever i go i'm like i'm gonna youtube it or i might take man i want to see the pyramids i want to see everything i might have to take like a month out of my life and Mm -hmm. when we get all these podcasts and these different things off the ground man that's what we're gonna do we're just gonna travel the world and see it man that's what we're gonna do definitely and I'm with you on that because, you know, that's the type of thing that our people need to see um, because your friends might not want to see it until you go, you know. You know, you might go and you might see certain things or you might expose them to a picture or a video or whatever that they might be like, oh, shit, it's time to go. Because, honestly, that's how Miami is. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you got people from New York or California that flock to Miami just because of other people, you know. It ain't even because they – seeing something there that they want to do is just other people yeah and i just think that's you know um like a part of it is 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 i like to say it's ignorance it's like 
we all are ignorant, but it's good ignorance and bad ignorance. It's like ignorance as in like, you know, like, hey, I don't like black people because of this. And you can never know shit about nothing. Like, you don't know nothing. You're just going to go off of that. And even if you have a different experience, like ignorance, like I told you before, when we should have been recording, it was like I had a situation um, dealing with black business and realizing I'm getting cheated. So I could take that and be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I'll never work with black business. This is why I don't support black business. This is why I don't do that. Or I could be smart and know that that was that isolated incident and that's not it. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Like, that's like, you know, good ignorance, bad ignorance, but also ignorance as in like, if we lived our life like, yo, Africa is like, yo, it's poor. They ain't got no real running waters. Just hot. It ain't nothing like, you know, why would I go over there? But that's ignorance as in like you don't know and you ain't trying to find out so i feel like we all ignorant we all don't have the same thoughts as we did as kids you know what i'm saying like so we all are ignorant something we believe strongly right now five years from now we be like why the fuck did i think like that that was dumb (laughs) no that's true you know it's crazy that you bring that up because something that i always think about is this do you think that we as Black people are ignorant to uh, the Caucasian upbringing. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, too, we don't know because we didn't experience. So definitely, yeah. And I and I think I, I think that's kind of where there's a disconnect on both ends. You know, we both have is you know. Well, I guess they do try to exploit black people as, as much as possible and try to you know this type of image and even that image it's not real so white people not getting a necessarily honest honest uh portrayal portrayal of what we are doing but i do think we are ignorant to what why they do the things they do you get what i'm saying yeah we don't know yeah i mean we all like that's what i'm saying like we all go off of our experiences and things we see and things we let into our brain. Like, so if you think all white people are bad people, that's like ignorant. Like, that's like, yo. Mm-hmm. But for me and for a lot of people, you've had a lot of bad experiences. When I was in, I've been called a nigger with the G-E-R uh, twice. And it's been both in the South. It was when I was little in um, elementary school in Virginia where the first slaves came. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So and then here uh, with my wife just driving down probably like two, three years ago, just driving to get on the interstate. And like, I guess they think I'm driving too. So I don't know what happened. Like, hey, you stupid nigger. You don't know. what you, It's like so like for me, I could take that like, yo, fuck all white people. Y'all all the same. I mean, I could take that or I could be like, I'm going to treat each person that I come in contact with as such. You know what I'm saying? Like. But, and then also with that ignorance, I think that maybe a lot of white people view us a certain way and they do treat us a certain way. And they might all have some form of racism because it always goes back to that word ignorance. They only know what they allow in their brain. So it's like if that's the only experience is what the TV tells you that Black Lives Matter is this and black people are savages and Trayvon Martin, he was a thug and this and that. If they going to feel like, yo, I need to clutch my purse when a black person come by. I need to do this. I need to do that. 
instead of drawing off their yeah. own experiences, it only is what you allow in your brain. So it's like for us, if you allow in your brain, like, yo, all white people only have that. And I mean, to keep it real, it's like a lot of white people do fit those stereotypes. You know what I'm saying? But to yeah. say all is not really fair, but a lot do fit the stereotypes that we have on white people. Yeah, a lot of them do fit it. I, I'm not going to take that away. A lot of them fit it, but I'm. <laughs> it's crazy you said that you've been called a nigga. I said, I'm not going to lie to you. Being here in Arizona, I appreciate somebody willing to call me a nigga. And, it, and I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to only say that because I don't appreciate people treating me like one without saying it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I, I more so prefer to know what you look at me as rather than me keep move, trying to move forward and you're treating me a certain type of way because of X, Y, Z and I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like, I mean, it, let, it lets you know where you stand and then you handle it accordingly. I think for me as a kid, when it happened when I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. I was so shocked by it that it like froze me. It's like, I've never been a violent guy or nothing like that, but I'm always down to get to it physically if it comes to it. But when it happened, I just was so shocked. You know what I'm saying? I was, like, stunned almost, like, whoa. Like, so this really happens. I think that's what it was like. I've always known. My mother always kept me aware of stuff, and I've always watched many things about the black experience. I remember watching Malcolm X really young, like, yo, I love this movie. And I'm like seven eight years old and i'm like yo this is a really good movie and i don't don't even know half the stuff they talking about but for me i think it was the shock value of like whoa like instead of being angry it was more of a like hurt stunned kind of like whoa but as i got older three years ago i'm like 29 30 years old so it's like, nigga, if I catch you, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Like, we can get to it. Like, if I catch you because you talking that shit, but then you driving away. But also, when you engage, you got to be ready to die. Because I could have ran up on him, and I don't have a gun, but he could. And guess what? He was aggressive, and he came at me. Well, people call you names every day, sir. So he lost his life off of that. So when you engage... When I tell people, like, yo, don't act like you're about that life if you ain't about that life. Because when you engage, when you engage, anything can happen. So it's like, you know, I definitely, you know, over the past, I felt like um, I don't really believe in, like, you know, like I was, you know, for black people, I feel like we are raised around gun violence. So I felt like weary of guns. But now I've changed my stance. Like, I need to have one. I need to have one to protect my household. I need to have that. Like, just cut. And I need to be trained, most of all, on how to use it. No, this is not a toy. No, that it's not a thing to, like, drag my balls around with. Like, what you say, what you do. I need to know that this is a form of protection and protection only. So, that's how I change in, like, my stance. And that goes back to the ignorance of, like, because you see gun violence all the time, you don't want to be around guns. But a gun could possibly help you to save your home and protect your people. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just like, you know, everybody has to do what they feel in their heart. And like I said, with that 
life is a process of learning. So it's like the things you believe today, you'll be surprised what you don't believe in five years from now. True. That's very true. So what do you do for a living and where are you, first of all, what do you do for a living now and where are you trying to get to what you do for a living? That's a two part question. So I, so as far, I, I was working at Enterprise, right? I did work at Enterprise, um, but getting into my senior year of school, I kind of wanted to just drop work. So I wanted to drop work, fall back on stations and trying to make money at other places to uh, just focus on the school. You know, I, I that's one thing I felt like I wanted to, I owe to myself, you know, was I never got to be a student. And... Man, I was just listening to your other podcast, what I think his name is Tyree, and you guys were speaking about just the experience of, you know, going to college. And that's kind of what I wanted this last year to be. I wanted to have the experience of being a student so that I could focus on certain things like this. Like you said, I'm, I'm getting this podcast thing out the mud, you know what I'm saying? Um I'm I'm playing the I'm playing the student role, so I'm trying to get money any way that I can. You understand? Um, man, I done been out there doing Uber, DoorDash. I done uh, shoot. I done created stuff advertising wise to reach out to people to make money. Um, doing intros. Um, so basically, I take all my skills. I put all my skills to use to make anything that I can. Um, that's the goal. You know, um, I don't want to really focus. I don't. My big thing is I don't want to go back into working for somebody. So my goal to make an income coming up is all of this thing, everything that I'm doing now. I really want to get into advertising and creating this network. That's my goal. Um, I believe that having things like this can get me to that to to that point. So mainly is podcasts. I know you do music as well or like engineering or something like that, right? Yeah, I, I do music. Um, so music is what got me into all of this, actually. Um, it's what got me into audio and, and entertainment. Uh, but I look at music as a side. You know, I don't... You have to have a nice audience for that music to go. You know what I'm saying? And... I believe that's why usually, how can I put this? People that have a lot of time on their hands, they become successful in music. You know, because they got all day to put into it. And not only do they have all day to, to put into it, these, these are usually people that do things for popularity. These aren't just, um, yeah, everyday average person or your person that, like, I'm not, the, I'm not a cop chaser. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not a cop chaser, and I'm kind of more so introverted, so I don't have the biggest audience right now. So I use my podcast to kind of get to that level, um, and then I use the, I'm going to use the music to be like a little supplement on the side. Because I, I make music all the time, and my uh, fiance brings that up. She's like, are you ever going to stop making music? And I said, no. I said, no, nah, um, I'm just not going to try to use it as no main source of income. I made I made money off music, not nothing crazy, you know. But um, yeah, it's just a little side thing right now. And I think it's important, like, to know like what you love. Like for me, I love talking to people. So when I bumped into this thing called podcast, it's like, hold the fuck up. 
you just talk to people and you get a like audience and you get paid for it nigga this is my life in a nutshell like i'm like yo like i love podcasts podcasts is amazing like you know in life man i've been really blessed to like the people i really look up to and rock with i've got a chance Mm -hmm. to meet like i just told you i got a chance to meet nipsey hustle like months before he passed unfortunately but also i got to meet uh combat jack yeah, he did a show here, and I got to meet him before he passed. Wow. And it's just like, for me, I get in my woe is me bag, ain't nothing going right. It's like, bro, you keep getting these fucking opportunities of meeting these people, not by chance, like, it by, like, destiny. And you meeting these people, like, before they pass, which is even weirder. It's like, this is a sign for you, like, bro. You got to pay attention. Everybody has to trust their gut. It's a sign that you, whatever you want to do and the things you believe in, they become things. I didn't know that, like, I mean, for Combat Jack, he's posted like, hey, I'm coming here. But I also didn't know I would actually meet him, dap him up, and, like, he would pass. I didn't know none of that. Rest in peace, the innovator, man, the Combat Jack show. This podcast shit is all for Combat Jack, man. He did it all. And then Nipsey Hussle is like, I had no idea. Like, I was like, yo, I'm pulling up to the store. But what's the odds of him being there and actually dapping me up? I mean, it's not really likely. But for me, it's like, bro, you got to pay attention to the signs in life. And I mean, life is about resetting and starting all over. I think we like to stay on this straight line. Like, yo, everything's good, so, like, life is good. It's like, no, like, shit goes up, it goes down, it stays stagnant for a while, go up, down, it goes, like, fucking Pac-Man. Like, it goes all over the place, and you just got to stay positive. I think it's amazing to have a good partner, you know, like, your wife, your fiancé, my wife, like, to keep you motivated in this thing called, mm-hmm. like, you know, because for me, you're talking about jobs and things I do. I work at the hospital you know what I'm saying? But, like, just like you, I I don't like that shit. I hate it. I'm like, bro, I just, I don't want to do this forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I really don't want to work for somebody forever. Like, I want to be doing something else. But what I had to learn and be real with myself is, like, yo, your work ethic ain't there, son. You work, and then you hate you this go. shit. You hate this shit, and you're thinking about all these great ideas when you're there. I'm going to do this. I fucking hate this. I, but when you get home, you get comfortable because it's over now. But when you get home, that's when the grind starts. That's when everything starts. Like, even before this, I was tired. I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm tired. But it's like when I'm doing it, I feel like a boost. I feel like, yo, like, this is feels good. This is great. This is what I've always wanted to be doing. But, you know, like, mm-hmm. my wife, she has a, a, a great career. She's a nurse. Like, yo, she could go anywhere do anything and money is kind of endless for her but me and my job it's like i mean a a kid could come and go grab my job right now so like that doesn't make me feel the greatest and i feel like but for me i'm thankful that you know i was there you know when i was making more money than her and like whatever it never was about money it was always about the love with us and i never felt like you know like I think we get stuck in a lot of, like, foolish things of the world. Like, the man got to do this and the man got to do that. I think everybody needs to be a stand-up person, like, first and foremost. Like, they need to 
try to provide to the best of their ability, but they need to be nurturing, caring, and loving. But I think we fall into this whole man bravado of like, yo, I got to, you know what I'm saying, I got to make more money than her. And no, she acting funny because she make more money than me, and I'm going to tell her <laughs> ass and all this shit. It's like, yo, the number one thing is Let me love, tell you. man, for real. Yeah, and, and it's crazy just for people to think like that. Let me tell you what's the coolest thing that I I think I ever did. I stepped back one day and I said, let me take my skill to see if I can make, help my girl make more money. My girl's a doctor. One day I said, let me try it. Bro, I got on Google Ads and I used my knowledge that she don't have. You understand what I'm saying? Put a hundred dollars in the Google ads and she got about three, four patients. She get at least one fifty per patient. You understand what I'm saying? Wow. So exactly. Exactly. So it, it's kinda how people think about it and look at it. Was she was she upset that she had the patients? No. You understand what I'm saying? But at the same time, I took my money and I took my work to make more money for this grid. So it don't matter how who it came through. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it don't matter who it came through. She taking care of the crib. And I am too. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's why I was like, man, like, do you, I was like, yo, do you ever get in your way of like, dang, like, because, man, first of all, congratulations to her. Queen, she is a doctor. Like, that's like yes. the top of the top, man. Can we give a shout out to her right now, please? A shout out to my queen, Charmaine James, soon to be Charmaine St. Hilaire. Um, so check her out on Instagram at char, C H R underscore H B N. And she's a doctor at Arizona um, Natural Medical Center here in Chandler. Um, yeah, check out. I mean, she do everything. Um, she certified marijuana uh, patient. She do acupuncture. She does, uh, man, she, she's a naturopathic doctor. So if you're looking for somebody that wants to treat you, that will treat you without throwing medicine at your face or um, anything unnatural, she's where you need to go. Man. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's what I'm saying. So you feel like you never get in your way or get in your brain of like, well, she makes so much more money than me. You, do you ever, like, let the way of the world get in your thought process? I, I used to. I used to. But um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I've been in this on the entertainment tip for so long. You know, I hear things, and what I learned was this. When I get money right, it comes big. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't come, like, I guess as consistent and steady um so what i do all the time is i'm cool I, I know what i need i don't need that much most of my money go right to her and she hold that down you know so and that's how it is because i know at the end of the day everything gonna be taken care of or whatever you know so i don't really care it don't it really don't bother me and i know that for me, I'm not the type of dude that's just about to sit here on my ass. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I know that if I know that if I can't make the money, I know how to get the money. If that makes sense, you understand what I'm saying? I know that I know that I could boost her income to not not to say it's me working, but if she couldn't get the patient and she got these open slots, then let me fill them. 
You understand what I'm saying? Marketing is a job. People get paid for it. But we just took out the middleman when I do that for her. And it, that's kind of how I look at it. So I never really, it really doesn't bother me. You know, I feel like I do, I'm on the other tip of things. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I, my ideas, my ideas kind of always kind of help other, other sides of things. Um, even down to, let's say, you know, her with products. You know, I encourage her to push certain products, her, her product that she had a facial toner. And I encourage her to push that in. I mean, she made a, a, a good amount of money off of it, you know? So, I don't know. I kind of look at it like that. I kind of look at it like that. If we could if we could come together to make this, then it's whatever. You know, I understand that the health, the health field, that's a different type of money. <laughs> yeah. It's a different type of money. And if I know how, and if I know the entertainment side and I know the marketing side, then we making it work together i don't look at it as just her income it's, we did it together and i think a lot of people get caught up in the right now you know what i'm saying because if you think about this right it could be this way and this could not be the case at all because hopefully what i always want to encourage people to do especially something like the medical field or especially being a doctor go get all that money you can get from scholarships mm-hmm. get every dime cent left-handed you black you short you tall anything get scholarships scholarships i seen somebody recently do a gofundme and reach their goal of ten thousand to go back to school then they put that five uh they pushed it up to fifteen thousand any way you got to get it so you do not owe people is it because guess what when you go bankrupt different things stuff like that they take everything off except for school you know, like they take like school is the ultimate money trap far as like loans and stuff like you be so young signing off on something that you don't know. Like, yo, I'm going to be paying this like a house for 30 years, 20 years, like something crazy, crazy. So when you think about mm-hmm. it, this is where I'm going with it. If you think about it, it's like, yo. So you have somebody there, a doctor, and then you have me. I've just been kind of like, oh, I've been working in music, and I've been doing this, and I've been doing that, but I ain't really got no loans. I ain't really got nothing, but they're a doctor. But if you live your life simplistic, if you dedicated 10 years of your life to music and figuring it out, and they dedicated their life to going to school and stuff like that, you could one day fall into a situation where you making way more money than the person that went to school. Like a crazy, cause we get into the idea of like school's the only way, but they, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't see other ways. They don't see podcasts, photography, whatever. So you could take two people, one went to school, one didn't. And the person that didn't go to school and just hone themselves in a skill, because like when you go to a technical college, people, Arizona's hot as shit. Everywhere hot as shit right now. People that do HVAC and got their own business and fix air conditioning, they're booming right now. And they probably oh make God. way more than a doctor. They probably make more than a oh doctor God. depending on their business. If they got three, four guys out there and they built, they, if they started out by themselves when they was 18, they got $2,000 to do HVAC to figure it out. And then now 10 years later, they have 10 trucks to uh, 25 different people and they all been that's more than that doctor and their their certificate maybe was two thousand mm-hmm. dollars but that 
doctor could have been way more. And that's not saying, Man. you know what I'm saying? That's not saying like, yo, what you trying to say? Like, don't go to school. It's like, no, do what you want. And the doctor, of course, you have to go to school. That's some of the most important people that we have, especially uh-huh. now. But what I'm saying yep. is when people have a different perspective in life, you don't know. And that's why it's so stupid to me when you see a lot of women or anybody like, yo, well, a man, he got to have this much money. He got to be this tall. He got to be this. He got to be that. You're going to miss out on a lot of greatness with those standards. You really are because somebody that's working on a goal, like you like, yo, he do this stupid podcast thing. He do this like stupid music thing. Like that ain't going nowhere. Hey, five mm-hmm. years from now, this dude might be like a multimillionaire and nobody might know his name, but because of the skills they got, and and for me is what I try to focus on is core. If you have a core fan base, like Patreon is a thing where people pay into podcasts and stuff like that. So if I have a Patreon with thirty, you know, thirty people, but if I put it crazy at a hundred dollars per month for thirty people, it's like yo. I'm getting a lot of money, and all I do is this podcast thing, and it's thirty. It's thirty loyal people that pay me a hundred dollars a month for the content that I create. So it's just like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to take the long way to say everybody has to get out of this mode of like, yo, school is the only way. This is the only way. That is the only way. It's like, yo, if somebody doing something positive, they're not hurting themselves, they're not hurting others. Just give them time to grow. Give them time to figure out. Always keep it real with them when you feel like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, you know, maybe try something else as you grow. Like, because that's, yeah. that's what it is with my wife. It's like, yo, like, she showed me different certificate things and different jobs or whatever because it's like, why are you growing? Like, you know, try this, try that. You know what I'm saying? Because you currently don't like your job. If I like my job, she would been like, Yo, I mean, just do that while you're working on something else. But she tried to tell me, like, hey, try this, try that, whatever. And I'm like, that's cool. So it's like everybody just got to give each other time, but also be real with people. But time is the most important thing. No, definitely. Time is the important thing because you got to give people space to develop, you know. Um, it's a learning process, man. All This whole life thing is a learning process, and we don't get it right away, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. We about to come up on an hour. I'm definitely about to let you out of here, man. But one of my last things was I was like, man, mental health has really been coming up a lot lately. Like, you know, you talk about, you know, Kanye West and all that. And I don't usually get into all of that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, I try to stay away from that in the podcast. But I just feel like mental health in the black community is definitely beautiful. I read both of Charlemagne's books but i uh, read a book about anxiety i know a lot of introverted people maybe like yourself they battle with anxiety they battle with different things but i love that in a black community is being talked about i mean for me um depression is a big thing because i think depression is like all in my family like in all and everywhere i remember you know my grandmother uh, god rest her soul like she didn't really raise my uh mom and different people because you know whatever different situations happen in life and like mm-hmm. it really plagued her for a long time i remember one time we was like by um i forgot uh, they call it dumbo now like where you take that picture in brooklyn and the bridge is in the back and you on this back street 
it's really cool mm-hmm. or whatever. So we around there, you know, it's me and like some of my cousins and like, you know, it was just like all of us playing and it's like, you know, we was having a good time. And then she just looked and was like, oh, I'm going to go home because she was beat down with depression. She felt like, yo, I didn't really help raise y'all. So it's like, you know, I'm going to leave because I don't feel worthy. You know what I'm saying? And then I feel like that's what needs to be talked about more in the black community. I feel like that's what is being talked about more. I think for me, when I do one podcast or one photo or this or that, you know, and it don't pop or it don't do this immediately, it gets me in a funk, a damn near depression-like funk. And I also want to be careful because I feel like a lot of people put, oh, I'm depression, I'm bipolar, without being diagnosed ever, Without being nothing, I feel like a lot of people, it's trendy now. So I, that's why I yeah. say, like, a like depressionist state when, you know, I'm at a job and, like, this ain't going well. And then, you know, my podcast don't have a million views off of anything. And, like, I ain't, I ain't promoted like that or nothing, but it's supposed to have a million views. And I didn't go out there and beat the pavement. It's supposed to have a million views. I took one picture of one cool person. It's supposed to have a million this and a million. I'm like, bro, you have to be real with yourself. And that's why you could get in that funk. I notice when I'm real sleepy a lot and stuff like that. I don't want to do nothing. I don't when I don't work out. When I don't do a lot of things, it get me in that depression like funk. But what I'm saying is, is that like everybody has to be real with themselves. Like, you know, like you can get yourself out of your hole. That voice in your head is there for a reason. Like it tells you the right things when you do the wrong things. It always told you the right things before. So it's just like for me, what I'm learning now, I'm gonna step my work ethic up. I'm gonna step my game up. I'm about to start putting clips on YouTube because an hour is a long time for people nowadays that have a short attention span. So I need to take mm-hmm. the juicy parts out. I need to put some cool artwork. I need to put some graphics. I need to really expand, you know, like the greatest people I look up to, like Issa Rae's man, black women, just amazing. Like Issa Rae with her show when she makes it funny, but she also hits on real shit with her show and it's shit that everybody can relate to. And, like, she promotes and she does cool things. She do, like, block parties over IG. Mm-hmm. And she gives you content that you could talk about all week. Then they got yep. Slutty Vegan out here is, like, a, a vegan burger place that grew out the mud. Like, this lady, her shit, I'll tell you her story real quick. Is like, she had a Jamaican restaurant. She's from Baltimore. Her name is Pinky Cole, if I'm not mistaken. Look up Slutty Vegan for everybody. Uh, check it out, man. It's beautiful out here. But she took a Jamaican restaurant in New York, and the shit burned down. It burned, like, the whole thing burned down. So for her, if she let depression and failure and doubt kick in, she would have never got to this slutty vegan point where the shit is booming. She just opened her second store. She's a millionaire already. She's employing black people. She's giving out scholarships. She got her burger spot also merchandise inside of her burger spot also shout out killer mike with the swag shop because what they're doing is yeah it's a barbershop yeah it's a restaurant but we also sell merchandise so we cornering all different kinds of markets we both listen to earn your leisure and i hope everybody else listen to it uh to learn different things about money but it's like that's seven streams of income they not just banking mm-hmm. on the burger 
they banking on the products, they banking on the locations, they banking on using their name, their trademark, they banking on everything. So we all have to bank on everything. But once again, I took the long way to say that. Have those real conversations with yourself, like really sit down, you know, and I definitely I'm looking into therapy. I want to try it. I really love that your wife is a holistic doctor. Once again, let me can we shout out her name is Charmaine. What yep, Charmaine James. Man, Doctor Charmaine James. Doctor Charmaine James. Yes, yeah, yep. so, soon to be, soon to be changed, but for now, Doctor Charmaine <laughs> James. But, but, uh, James, sorry, but it's just like yo, we all have to like be real with ourselves. I'm pretty sure in her time of like going to school, it's probably like yeah, bro. Like I don't know, like it's kind of hard. Like I don't know, but we all have to be real with ourselves, and we all need mm-hmm. to. I want to seek therapy just because when I have those times of being down, I want to learn from maybe an expert what some different life skills or coaching or breathing methods, whatever it is I can try when I get in these funks. Because when I get in these funks, can't nobody tell me shit. They, it's just like, yo, I'm not shit. I ain't going nowhere, like whatever. Like that's how I feel. But I think what's helping me is being real with myself and knowing that I need to seek help. So for you, do you battle with things like that? And what do you do to get out of that? Um, I don't, I, I don't say I, I, I don't know if I would say I battle with depression. I do think about things Um, since I'm an introvert. I, I be in my head a lot. I can't lie about that. But um, if, if you know me, I'm about the realest as can be. <laughs> so I got to. Even if it hurt me or hurt somebody, I, that's kind of what I'm going to go with, you know? Um, because, I, like you said, that's kind of what makes you grow. If you read Charlemagne's book, you, you know, that's something that he talked about, um, is people doing stuff over and over and over again and not understanding that this ain't for you. You you get what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I've, I'm always open to criticism. I change my ways all the time. I don't. So I don't really get in my head about it. Um, being into my feelings, though, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, people like my mom, your mom kind of got me there. So they they influenced me a lot with the way that they were. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't know. I, I mean, I never really looked at it as a, as a depression thing or whatever the case may be. But... I knew that they was in tune to a certain extent. You understand what I'm saying? Um, like when I look, when I think about your mom, I think about somebody that is in tune with her spirit to a certain extent. You know, and she may battle whatever, whatever. Everybody battles certain things with themselves or whatever, but she's she's in tune. Like I think she knows how she feels. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so I kind of, I feel like I kind of adapted that just and based on my perspective and I just kind of take that in and, you know, then being in Brooklyn, just keeping it real. Like I just, it is what it is. Like my fiance, she ate me sometimes. You know, it's just what it is. You know, I just, that's how I am. Um, so I do get in my head though. I make a decision that I don't want, that I don't want. And I got to think it through, but in the end, it's all for the better, you know? Um, and that's it. You just kind of, just got to push through it. it. It get hard, though. I'm not going to lie to you. 
<laughs> this this get hard, man, because even for me, my thoughts and my ambition, my my dreams are so left from my family, you know, that they don't really support me necessarily with everything that I do. So sometimes I feel like I'm doing it on my own or whatever the case may be, you know. Um, but sometimes you just got to dig in there, you know what I'm saying? You got to dig in there. You got to find that motivation. And it's something you said earlier. You got to pay attention to them signs. It's, it's certain things that happen in life that's telling you that, hey, keep it moving. Keep it, keep it going. Do what you got to do. Um, man, <laughs> people say, say what you want, but it was this time I went to a Kanye concert, right? And I, at the time, I ain't really mess with Kanye like that, but it was a festival, actually, and he performed. But when he was performing, I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, it really captured me. And as he got off the stage, you know, he was ignoring everybody. He ain't that nobody up as he was walking past the little past the crowd. And then he kind of got up to me a little bit, and he was looking me, bro. Like, he looked me in my face. And I... I would say he was not looking me in my face if the nigga didn't turn his head. You understand what I'm saying? As he's walking by, he turned his head. So I know he's looking at me. You you get what I'm saying? Um, so I'm like, dang, that's crazy. And so I said that to my girl. And then, you know, we let that go. And then after that, he ends up naming his son Saint. Bro, I don't care what nobody say. My whole life, <laughs> my whole life, Saint Hilaire been that's my last name. Saint Hilaire has been the most difficult for difficult thing for someone to say. Just a saint is some is seems like it throw people off. So I kinda took that and I was like, Wow, why would somebody name this son Saint? You know? And I was like, Hey, well this man looked dead in, looked me dead in my face and ended up naming his son that. I'ma take that as a sign to say I'm gonna keep pushing and I'm gonna keep going no matter who else supports me, you know what I'm saying? And then you look at this man's life, and it's kind of the same way. You know what I'm saying? Um, people don't always support what he got going on, but he always prevails, you know? And it's about them signs, man. So I don't really, I do get in the, like, I do get in the little funk of thinking and things like that. But in order to grow, I keep it real with myself, and I try to pay attention to them signs all the time. I, man. If I say something and I hear the same, bro, I know if I hear the same exact words that I've said in the interview, you know, me and my girl be talking and I'm thinking about something and then I'll be listening to an interview and it's, and it says it word for word. That's my sign right there. You know, that, uh, right. I'm on point. Yeah. So. I mean, I think everybody, I think for me, um, when you have a certain level of genius like he does and stuff like that, it comes with a certain level of crazy. Like, I mean, because obviously you think outside the line, you think differently than everybody mm -hmm. else. Like, I mean, like we talked about earlier, it's like we taught school, get a good job, retire, that's it. But for him, it was like totally different. And like mm -hmm. the things he's exceeded at, he could have never imagined a day in his life. And he's exceeded at it now. So it's like, but also it's a price. And people got to realize too, like we talked about, like with making money and different, who makes the money and all that. It's like your happiness is it. It don't matter how you get it, how you achieve it. I think that's why so many suicides with people that are famous because they think that the money is what makes them happy. 
but when you get to that pinnacle of having the most money and you still not happy, there's only one result for those kind of people is I'm out of yeah. here. I don't want to be here no more. Kurt Cobain is like a huge, you know what I'm saying? Like inspiration to a lot of people. He uh, started the grunge movement. Everybody loves Nirvana. Now all the rappers used to rap about Kurt Cobain, but Kurt Cobain was seriously not happy with himself. Yeah, exactly. He's in his nice home off a tour and he blew his fucking brains out with a shotgun. He was dead ass serious about like, I am not happy. He had a kid, everything. He didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. He was seriously like, yo, I want to be out of here. So all I want to say, like in closing, man, like everybody like focus on your happiness, like whatever that is, it's not what the world view is. It's the what's in your head. That's what happiness is. So you got to find that, hone that, and figure out what you got to do to keep that 24-7. Like, if that yes. means, like, I can't work for nobody, then that's what it is. Like, you got to hone that. If that means, like, I work at McDonald's, but I have a great home life, that hone that. Do what that is. But the bottom line is, can't nobody tell you what. Nobody, there's not a clear-cut happiness, like, the clear-cut definition on your happiness. So we all got to find that, man. The Power Trip Podcast, please, please listen to it. Pay attention to everything he's doing. Hey, if you're in Arizona, go check out Dr. James, soon to be changed. But, you know, uh, anything else you want to promote in closing, all your socials and every way people can reach you and support you, your wife, anything you got going, please promote it. Man, hey, like we just said, Power Podcast. Check us out on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram as well with the Abstract Control. Um, so I'll be uh, eventually getting to some other shows as well. Hopefully I can get this one on my network too. <laughs> Start promoting that one with it along with everything else. Um, man, just stay tuned because it looks like everything, I feel like everything going to grow, man. Everything going to grow. That's all. Definitely, man. Um Congratulations on the engagement, soon to be wedding for you and your queen. Man, congratulations on you and life just trying to stay happy. Congratulations to her for, man, making it to that high pinnacle. And just, you know, it just seemed like y'all really have a good time. Y'all enjoy each other. And it's like, you know, young black love. We need more of that. We need to see more of that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's what we think. But, once again, your happiness is your happiness. And this is recorded.